Right. Welcome to episode three of the Thinking Over podcast. Now, if you've been listening to episode one and two, you're probably wondering why the delay. Um, I just had a shoulder reconstruction, so I've been out on drugs and rehab and stuff like that. If you're listening in five years' time, good for you because there will be no delay between episodes two and three. But today we're going to get right into something that's very prevalent in most of our lives. It's probably an understatement. Social media dominates most of our lives and it's worth considering, is social media to blame for the current mental health crisis that we're observing? Now, if you did year 10 science, you probably remember the phrase, correlation does not imply causation. Just because one thing is happening at the same time as another doesn't really necessarily mean that it's causing something else. Um, But sometimes it gives you a pretty good indication of what's going on. So we're going to have a look at some possible theories as to why social media might significantly affect our mental health. The first point we have to raise is the time substitution hypothesis. The idea that productive time is being trafficked into social media instead of exercise, socializing, learning, anything that's generally worthwhile. How much time is actually going to social media? Well, it's hard to accumulate the total amount of time, especially because we have personal accounts and business accounts and some people leave their computers on and we don't know how much human existence is really being spent on social media. But here are some stats to give you a good idea. If you're familiar with TikTok, if you've had the quote-unquote pleasure of using that app, um, you'll know what the For You page is. It's the main home page where they recommend videos that think are tailored towards your taste. The videos pumped on the For You page have been viewed a total of 35 trillion times, cumulatively. I don't think we're really capable of conceptualizing how, how large 35 trillion is as a number, but if we were to only have watched each of those videos just one second each, which obviously isn't the case, that totals to in excess of 1 million years of human existence spent on the For You page on TikTok. One million years. Again, we're not really capable of conceptualizing one million years because we're only around for 75. Another stat, 4.75 billion daily average users across all of the social media platforms. That's more than half the population. Totaling about two point, averaging about 2.5 hours each, totals 12 billion hours of human existence per day on social media, which is 1.4 million years of human existence every day lived out behind a screen. To put that in perspective, you could get a town of 15,000 people all living full lives, 75 years each, doing nothing but watching social media for their entire life from the second they're born to the second that they die. Every day, that's how much human existence is spent behind a screen. Think about it. Even if you made a town of 15,000 people for just a year to collectively work together on some bigger project like making it to Mars, like finding up a a gene therapy for cancer treatment, some sort of collective pursuit of human endeavor, anything besides scrolling on Instagram and TikTok. Anything would be better. Now, sure, correlation doesn't imply causation. So we can't say that just because people spending a million years of human existence every day on social media is causing depression and anxiety to skyrocket, although there's probably a pretty good case for it. Consider that 30 years ago, all of this time that I've just laid out for you had to be spent, and I'm sure your parents have reminded you many, many times, had to be spent somewhere else, outdoors, exercising, socializing, cooking, doing all of these meaningful activities that actually added value to your life. And that's not to say that social media adds no value to your life, not at all. There are some very, very interesting tools and and benefits of social media, which we'll get into. But for the most part, 
if you took a look in the mirror, you'd know that your consumption of social media probably isn't 99% productive. What are the consequences of this social media usage on our mental health? Well, a 2022 study by the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health looked directly at this. They did a meta-analysis of 21 cross-sectional studies, five longitudinal studies across 55,000 participants. And they examined the relationship between time spent on social media and depression in adolescence. What did they find? Quote, Risk of depression increased by 13% for each hour increase in social media usage. Time spent on social media is associated with depression in a linear dose response manner suggesting need for better monitoring of social media use. What product would you consume for multiple hours a day that had a label on it telling you that every unit that you use it for will increase your risk of depression by 13%. Is there anything you would actually consume on a regular basis that had a warning label like that? Or maybe you simply weren't told that that's what the research shows. Imagine every hour you spent exercising, your risk of depression increased by 13%. Would you exercise ever again? Probably not. Imagine if eating a packet of Tim Tams or cookies or biscuits or whatever increase your risk of depression by 13%. Would you ever eat those biscuits again? But the sad reality is that even if it is advertised to you that every additional hour you spend on social media adds 13% onto your risk of depression, you're probably not going to change your social media habits because it is so addictive. It is designed to be that way. It's designed to keep you here. So what is the solution? Well, we have to acknowledge that social media has to be used as a tool that is in your control. I think of it like a nail gun. A nail gun is very helpful for sticking pieces of wood together. But if you use it in the wrong way and point it at someone, it's probably not going to be very good for you. Does that mean we have to write nail guns off altogether? Absolutely not. Does that mean we have to use nail guns in the right and safe way? Absolutely. So we have to look at social media's purposes. What are the four main purposes of social media? Well, firstly, it's to entertain. Secondly, it's to educate. Thirdly, it's to advertise products and goods and services. And thirdly, it's to inspire. So those are the four reasons you can jump on social media. You have to figure out what your purposes of social media actually are. If you try and protest and say, no, no, I get a lot of information on social media, great, dedicate it to education. But the second that you start consuming stuff for entertainment, you've now strayed away from what you claimed you're on there for. It's about being honest with yourself. If you're doing it to stay connected, use it to stay connected and don't use it to get distracted. That kind of mentality. So, at the same time, you have to consider what media form you actually want to use for your purposes, right? So, sure, it's great for education. You can consume a lot of information looking at through reels and, and finding out stuff that you never knew before. But consider the long-term consequences. The same information can be consumed by reading journal articles or newspapers. But instead, the risk of watching reels is that your dopamine centers get fried because you're flicking through colored images and moving pictures all the time. And so... At the same time, you can make the excuse that there are good reasons to be on social media, but other alternative sources for your information, for your advertising, for your inspiration, for your connection. Maybe a phone call would suffice instead of having to be on an app where you can also scroll on videos. So it's about coming back to what your use case is for social media. For example, I have to spend a lot of time on social media because that's how I spread my message. You wouldn't hear this you know, podcast if you weren't on social media, if you didn't hear about it through social media. It's uh, about what your purposes are. If you have to be on social media because you're advertising there, it's how you make organic content, you want to get a bigger reach, you want to leverage the, the online world, that's good, but you have to protect yourself as well. 
A couple of years ago, my older brother and I were making money off sports betting, but we were using math to do it. We were using sign-up bonuses that guaranteed you could play with some free money, and we were betting on both teams in, in a game or a sporting event and making sure that we'd walk away with a small but guaranteed profit. And there was no risk, there was no gambling involved, it was just math, you had to place the right numbers on different teams and that's how you came away. But after a while, you start to get familiar with the regular games and the different sports and things you never watched before, but suddenly, with enough exposure having to place these bets on these games, you start to think, I I know the outcome of this one, that's pretty good, it's the gambler's fallacy that you know what's going to happen. And over time, you start to place a few bets that aren't guaranteed, and suddenly it becomes gambling, and here's $10 and $50 and $100, and before you know it, what you convinced yourself would be just guaranteed profit using mathematics is now full-fledged gambling. And for me, that peaked one night when I was 18 and I lost $600 on a tennis match that was happening live at 1 a.m. in the morning that I knew nothing about. But because I'd been so exposed to the sports betting apps and the colors and the marketing and the branding and the, and the allure of winning more money, I'd lost $600, more than my weekly salary at that time. It's a trap. You tell yourself before you go onto an app, you know the risks, you know the risk associated, but you're never going to get into that. You're never going to fall away. You're never going to lose control. But these apps, these social media apps, these sports betting apps, whatever you want to, to involve yourself with, are designed by the most brilliant marketers history has ever seen with the most incredible technology, with the greatest market research and data analytics, trying to work out what they can show you that will keep you on their platform. If you think you're smarter than them and they're billions of dollars, think again. You have to protect yourself. How do you protect yourself? Well, there are a few options. You have some screen time apps designed to actually genuinely restrict your time on social media. One of them is called Opal. It's very good. It's free. One of them is called Freedom. They help you to designate how much time you want to spend on these apps. It's like setting a betting limit before you go on a sports betting website. Sorry to keep using that analogy. You can make sure that your social media usage is only limited to certain devices. You can block it on all of your web browsers, on your computer, on your laptop, and maybe only on your phone. Maybe you can switch it around and you don't access social media on your phone. You have to go through the effort of logging onto your computer to look at social media. Things like that. Adding barriers to entry so that you're not constantly getting sucked into these things. And when you do want to access social media, you have to be intentional. You have to overcome those barriers because you genuinely want to be there. The last thing you can do is just remove physical distraction. Andrew Huberman, on one of his podcast episodes, claimed that sometimes when when his desire to use his phone is so strong, he'll go and throw his phone on the roof. And that way, when he finally wants it, at the end of the day, he has enough motivation to pull the ladder out, get on the roof, and take it off. Something like that. If it's that drastic for you, use drastic measures to protect your time because you only get this life once. And if you waste your 20s or 30s scrolling on social media, you'll never get that time back. If you do all these things together, if you if you work out what your use for social media actually is, you set up restrictions and put methods in place to prevent yourself from indulging or overindulging in social media addiction, this should help to alleviate some of your symptoms. The second point about why social media might be to blame for the mental health crisis is The exposure effect, the idea that the greater the sample space, the greater the number of outliers you're exposed to. What does this look like? Well, I'll use an analogy. 
Back in primary school, I was the fastest kid in my class of about 30 kids. All right, life was great. I was the fastest. The girls liked me. Life couldn't be better. Suddenly, you step out into the world of little athletics and now I'm the second fastest. There's a kid in front of me. Now, life is still good, but I'm not number one. So I'm humbled a little bit. You go out to zones and suddenly there's kids from other suburbs and now you're, you're the fifth fastest. And then you head to states and now you're struggling to make the first heat. You're not even the top eight anymore. And life doesn't get meaningless, but you, you're definitely put in your, your spot. You're humbled and you, you recognize that there is a possibility that there are people above you, right? It's the same thing with high school. In high school, you're one of the top kids in the class. You go to university and now there are a bunch of kids ahead of you. Like if you look at it from a statistical standpoint, if you're in the 85th percentile, right, in a class of 20 people, there's only three kids ahead of you. But if you're still in the 85th percentile and your sample space is 2 million instead of 20, now there's 300,000 people in front of you. And it, it, you're still as competent as you once were when your sample space was lower, but your perceived value and efficacy and self-confidence is... is drastically reduced because now the volume of people who are in front of you, not the statistical volume, but the raw volume, means that you find yourself much lower on the hierarchy, right? The greater the exposure, the greater the sample space, the more humble we become because we just see more examples of people ahead of us. Not that we're any lower on the ladder, but that there are just more people to look at above us, right? Then what does social media do? Well, social media makes this all so much worse because of the algorithm, the algorithm, the algorithm, the algorithm. We always talk about the algorithm. The algorithm intervenes, right? It recognizes that to keep us on the apps, we like looking at flashy things. We like looking at the people who can do double backflips, which almost no one can, right? We like looking at the hottest chicks, the most jacked dudes at the gym, the smartest people, the most motivational speakers, the hardest workers, the biggest business gurus. The algorithm knows that we like paying attention to flashy things, Okay. And then it cuts off. It, it takes a bracket of the top 5 or 10% of that content and just cranks it and just amplifies the volume. And now all we see when we're scrolling on social media are these top quality, top notch outliers 24-7. What does that do to our brain? Well, it convinces us that all there is is outliers. So now we have a larger sample space. The algorithm amplifies the people at the top end and so that all we ever see of the sample space is the best. In any sort of sample space, there's people at the top and people at the bottom. But when do we ever see people at the bottom? Their content doesn't get pushed. And now, so what happens is our, our version of reality, our perception of reality gets completely skewed in favor of the people at the very top. And we have no understanding of the people at the bottom. We might be the people at the bottom. And because we're so far below the people at the top, we think our lives are so much worse than the people at the top. What does that do to your mental health? It destroys it. Imagine you go into an ice cream store and there are two flavors. You've got chocolate or vanilla. If you have chocolate, you're only missing out on vanilla. It's not so bad. If you go into an ice cream store and they have 200 flavors, you pick one, you miss out on 199. Now the risk of missing out, the fear of missing out is so much greater because the sample space is so much wider and you have no idea what you want to pick. So how does that tie into social media? We just completely destroy our satisfaction in what we have. We've completely lost the art of being grateful for what's given to us because all we see are things that are better than what we currently have. So what is the net result? You're not happy with what you have because you're constantly seeing the outliers. You're not confident in who you are because there are so many people now ahead of you on that hierarchy and you're perpetually wanting more and more.
How do you solve this? Well, you have to use social media selectively. Only expose yourself to accounts that you regularly interact with in real life, right? 20, 30 years ago, the people you could actually consume, the people's lives you could actually consume information about were probably your parents, your siblings, a handful of friends, your teachers, your classmates, someone you might exercise with, go to the gym with, a girl you were trying to court or date, a, a guy you were going on dates with. That's about it. That was your tolerance for consumption. Nowadays, we have access to hundreds and thousands of accounts. We can consume so many more people's lives in such a faster manner than before. Now, the speed of communication is way faster and the depth of communication is way shallower. So, be intentional with your accounts. For me, I mute all of the accounts that I follow except people that I see on a regular basis. That is my brothers, my brother's girlfriends, my parents, and close friends. That's my limit. If I want to consume accounts that are beyond that scope, I have a separate account. I go onto my other account and I follow accounts that I want to learn from. I have business gurus on there. I have motivational speakers. I have content creators. I have educational photographers. All of that kind of thing stays on my separate account. Now I know when I jump on social media that if I want to connect with my family and friends, I go on my personal account. If I want to learn and be inspired, I go on to the educational account. It's a very intentional way. And now I know that if I go onto my social media and I switch accounts midway through, I'm not doing what I said I would do. And now I'm straying from my purpose. And now I know it's time to get off. And the third and final angle we're going to look at social media being the reason that mental health is suffering these days is relevance anxiety. And it's particularly prevalent amongst adolescent females. It's the need to post and the need to stay relevant and valued. All right. When I started on Instagram back in 2013, I was part of the era that used to post photos of their food or their coffee that morning as, as part of their main feed. There was no real video element. I, one day I posted a photo of my washing in a washing basket and 10 minutes later I posted a photo of my washing on the line. Today that would be social suicide. That's the kind of social media I started in. It was genuinely, genuinely about sharing your life just in its most authentic self. You weren't trying to cherry pick and highlight all of your days nowadays it's all metrics based how many shares can i get how popular can i make this content how viral can i go am i going to use my account to attract people who might want to take me on a date am i going to use my account to attract brands who might want to work with me so i can monetize am i just going to use my account to gain followers so i feel generally good about myself because i got more followers than everyone else these are the intentions that are going behind social media accounts today and it's grim i mean i myself i'm using in my account to leverage influence and hopefully build up an account that can sell or help people. Not sell people, help people, sorry. What does that do to your mental health? Well, now you have this need to continually post all the time to stay relevant because we're always told that consistency is key to being big on social media, staying relevant on social media. We have to post high quality stuff that's actually shareable or likable so we stay on top of the algorithm. There's more pressure there now. Realistically, no one lives a perpetual highlight reel, right? If you're trying to make content every day that reflects a life that is worth sharing, the unfortunate reality is most of us just do not live that extraordinary of a life. And that's not a bad thing. It's very, very respectable and admirable to live a humble life. We go about humble days and we connect with our family and friends and make the most of the time that we endure. If we spend more time trying to promote that to the rest of the world, we don't actually connect with what we're doing. There's no reason we're unhappy with our simple lives. 
also another important reality is that some people just live better lives, right? There are billionaires out there who have more money than we can possibly imagine and more luxuries than we can possibly ever taste. Will I ever own a billion dollars or make a billion dollars? Absolutely not. It's not one of my goals. Should I be sad because I don't? Should I be sad because I'm not at the top of every single hierarchy? I'm not the best kite surfer. I'm not the best downhill skateboarder. I'm not the best e-commerce person. I'm not the best mental health person. Is that a bad thing? No. Should I be negatively affected when I see accounts or, or people on social media or profiles that are better than me? Absolutely not. Should I remember that they're probably cherry-picking their lives so that they can only get the highlights out? Probably. It would give me a good, good reminder that reality is probably not like that for most people. The net result of all these things, the, the time substitution hypothesis, the, the exposure effect and, and relevance anxiety, well, is a pretty broad shattering of your mental health, right? It's fragmenting. It's, it's taking time from our lives. It's, it's affecting our ability to experience things, to find full satisfaction in things. We're not spending time on productive things. We're trying to constantly create content or we're constantly consuming content. We get this skewed version of the world that everyone is better than us or at least we're not as great as everyone else. And we're just not as satisfied as a result. How does that c- contribute to depression and anxiety and substance use disorders and all of these and particularly eating disorders? Well, very simply, we're just doing a lot of external comparison, right? If I'm seeing people who are constantly thinner than me or constantly have bigger muscles than me, I'm not satisfied with what I have. I continue to do things to try and alleviate that disparity between who I am and who I want to be. And sometimes it pushes people into detrimental behaviors. Sometimes people engage in behaviors that aren't rational because they're trying to be something that they're not. And it's very dangerous. Sometimes people consume substances that will help them numb the pain of not being enough, not being sufficient. And it's not directly from social media, but it just bleeds into our lives. We fail to connect with people on a deep level because we question whether or not they're the best possible friend we might have. We see cooler profiles on social media that we want to connect with. We live in this virtual world where if the internet was shut off for 24 hours, we'd all fall apart for a second. It's a very dangerous and precarious place to be in. But the important thing to remember is that social media is not all bad and I am definitely not a proponent of completely abandoning it and seeing it as, as this criminal evil force. Right, there are some beautiful, beautiful opportunities with social media and they're being presented hopefully right now as you're consuming this piece of content. It is a beautiful tool to help us learn about causes that are going on in the world, to help us learn new skills, to help us learn information. Some people's content, some people's accounts have changed other people's lives for the better. Some content saves lives. Some content makes you think about things in a different way that would keep you here. If you just hadn't seen it, you might not still be here. That's the beauty of social media. Connecting with people when you feel like you're all alone, you have no one to turn to. You'd be surprised how much comfort you can find in an account that's halfway across the world that has shared in your struggle and can really connect with you on a deeper level when you feel misunderstood by everyone in your small town. There are these opportunities like never before to stay connected, to learn, to advertise products that might be life-changing, to inspire people, to encourage all sorts of beautiful, beautiful behaviors. But we have to remember that it's also a business. Social media accounts are also a business, also designed to keep money coming in through the doors, also designed to keep you on there. And so it's about balance. It's about moderation. It's about knowing what your use cases are. Are you connecting? Are you learning? Are you trying to get inspired? Are you trying to promote your creativity? Are you trying to 
grow an audience to monetize with a genuinely good cause in mind rather than vanity and, and self-image. What are your intentions? Write them down on a piece of paper is my recommendation. And every time you engage in social media after a couple of weeks, remember to come back to that page and find out what your intentions really were and ask yourself, have I strayed from them in a significantly detrimental manner? If I have, I'm going to have to rein back my time on social media. I have to reconsider my relationship with social media. I'm going to have to put some stops in place to make sure that I'm not abusing my relationship with social media. Recognize the purpose. Recognize the dangers. Make sure you're aware of the dangers of a, of a product you consume for multiple hours on a regular basis every day. And know what the tools are, the fail-safes, in case you lose control. Talk about it with your friends and family. Make sure everyone knows the dangers. Don't badger people because they're on social media. Don't badger content creators. Don't have a go and try and tear down people who spend their lives behind their phones, especially if there's a young person in your life who's constantly glued to a screen. Don't bag them. Turn around to their influences, turn around to their parents, turn around to their environment and ask the question is, why haven't you done a better job of encouraging genuine connection and getting out in nature and spending less time on your phone? Remember that these things are very addictive. They're very easy to fall into it and fall in love with. And we should be doing our best as a community to try and win back our time, to try and bring back connection that's deep, to try and bring back focus to the real world to try and re-encourage human existence the way it was supposed to be lived. Episode over. I hope you liked that short recap or short exploration of social media's relationship with the mental health crisis. If you did like it, please share it around on your social media accounts. Leverage the power of social media. That's why I always say it's a good thing is because it's beautiful for sharing good messages. Um, share it to your stories, share it to your Instagram, to your TikTok, to whatever you want to share it to. It really helps. We don't run ads, we don't promote this media in any other way um if you have any suggestions criticism critique encouragement any sort of love that you want to share to the page of this podcast in particular because we're working on the podcast as a new medium in 2023 um send the page a dm always respond to dms more than happy to hear them um but otherwise thanks for listening tune in hopefully next week we'll be back with another episode and keep providing more value to help you have actionable strategies to fix your mental health problems. Thank you.